religion has been a cornerstone of charitable giving for centuries. What's the story today? Well, some new research will help fundraisers plan on how to intersect with donors with a strong religious faith. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and this is the first day from the Fundraising School. And my guest today is my good colleague, Dr. David King. David leads the Lake Institute on Faith and Giving at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Uh, David's institute is the national leader in helping us understand the connection between people of religious faith and charitable giving across the philanthropic sector. And David, at the end of 2017, you and your colleagues came out with some new research about religion and charitable giving. What did you find? Well, in partnership with Giving USA, we really looked more deeply for um, just to see what was happening with uh, people of faith. And what we found was what has been true for, for many years, which is that religious uh, faith and affiliation and attendance engagement with religious communities is one of the best predictors of giving overall. So not only do you um, give more, you give more often, and you give to a wide variety of charitable organizations. You know, David, if we think about the beginning, religion and charity have gone hand in hand for centuries, right? I mean, right. When, when people study history and they go back throughout the millennia, we see this connection. Yeah, and I think that's actually one of the greatest um, uh, assets for faith communities is the tradition and the practices of giving that go through um, all faith communities. In many ways, uh, faith communities, where you can think of uh, Christian, Muslim, Jewish faith, mm -hmm. all have those things in common. And so not only does the attendance and engagement matter, but the, the deep practices and traditions of one's faith community uh, is a tremendous asset for people of faith and faith communities in giving. And you know, it's interesting when we look around the world, Europe has uh, seen a decline in religious affiliation. Uh, areas of Africa have seen an increase in religious affiliation. The United States has been somewhere in between. There's been this report about the nuns, that uh, a declining number of Americans uh, view themselves as being religiously affiliated in some way. And that said, still a vast majority of Americans claim some sort of a religious belief. As you look at that mix, what did this new report show uh, in particular about religious belief? And you talked about particular affiliation, uh, the amount of time spent in worship. What are you seeing from the data? Well, we know, uh, that religious affiliation does matter, and, and within it doesn't matter what type of tradition you belong to. So we can see differences across Christian traditions, mm -hmm. Jewish and Muslims as well. But one of the most striking pieces of uh, striking findings was the fact that religious affiliation, no matter what it was, was key in pointing out that really um, those with a religious affiliation gave twice as much annually to giving overall than those of no affiliation. So it's not simply giving to religious organizations or faith communities, but it's actually giving across the board to any charitable organization that was so striking. It's and David, is there a difference in terms of how often I go to religious worship if religious faith is important to me? You know, we think about uh, in some traditions, maybe somebody attends worship on the high holy days, you know, a couple of times a year. Others may go two or three or four times a month or a couple of times a week. Uh, as I'm doing my donor research, and I know somebody has religious faith as part of their background, does that matter? Is that something I should be watching for? It does, and, and attendance at worship oftentimes is one of the best predictors mm. along with affiliation for how much and how often one gives. Uh, and so we can even point to uh, each additional time someone might go to a faith community over the course of a year, we can measure how much more they're, more, they're likely to give. Um, why that is, we don't quite know. So it could be that there are just more appeals, more ask at when one is at um, their faith community. What we think is happening is that there's, there's community happening there. There's mm -hmm. engagement, mm -hmm. there is positive peer pressure. 
Um, you're involved in the programs and activities of a faith community, and those types of uh, positive social capital actually frame uh, one's reasons for why they probably give. You know, David, when we teach on this topic at the fundraising school, we're very careful to talk about the important influence that religion can have on charitable giving. But it's also very important to point out what we're not saying is that people who don't have a religious faith are not generous. We need to be very careful with that message as well. No, it's true. While you know, religious affiliation and attendance are important, this is across the board just one predictor. And so one thing that we might notice that uh, when, we, when we talk about religion or spirituality or values, that, that involves all of us. So whatever that might be, whether we um, have a secular uh, context or background, mm -hmm. we do have a set of practices, passions, and values that, that fundraisers uh, would do well to connect with, to think about how that aligns with our, with our particular organization. And as you said, people of religious faith, uh, the teachings might be particular, but there are some commonalities. So uh, our Jewish neighbors have the sadaka, our Muslim neighbors have the zakat, uh, some Christian traditions teach tithing, uh, and some just speak about you know charity overall so we see these consistencies across these different faiths yeah there's much that we have um, in common particularly around our giving that i think holds us together uh, and while the, and oftentimes these are markers uh, and sort of measurements uh, that people of faith really uh, try to uh, engage with and so you know there might be uh, what we know of you know through our data is that you know few people measure up to that tithe mm -hmm. uh, but it oftentimes becomes a marker for generosity and engagement that that people can uh, engage with or in their own faith practices. David, when we try to understand why, I want to expand on an answer that you had earlier, and certainly uh, part of that might be somebody's relationship with their understanding of the transcendent. That's something we don't necessarily get into here at the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, except to know that it is, and it's real for those folks, and it helps influence their giving. Uh, the other side that you talked about, though, is in a congregation. Philanthropy is associational. You know, I might have a passion and I can do something myself, but if I do it with you and a group of others, we can do so much more together. What do you see in terms of how congregations come together and encourage one another uh, that can increase charitable giving in this exponential way? Yeah, I think faith communities in particular have relationships at their heart. And so that's relationship with an individual and the transcendent, their God, um, but also um, families uh, that goes through these different traditions and those that are engaged together in community. Uh, but oftentimes I think one of the best assets, again, of faith communities is their ability to pull people together around common mission. But also what we're seeing more and more um, in our society is faith communities coming together interreligious uh, cooperation around particular social issues mm -hmm. um, to get out from outside the walls of one's congregation, let's mm -hmm. say, and engage around these issues uh, across faith traditions, across uh, beliefs and, and, and behaviors to, to come together. And that associational, associational aspect is I think is key. Uh, the Lake Institute on Faith and Giving has numerous workshops and opportunities, uh, regular communication via electronic media that you can ascribe to uh, and learn uh, if you're in a congregation. And David, what advice do you have? I know this is a four or five day course that you teach, but uh, congregations are coming to you saying, how can we even build on our charitable giving even more. What advice do you have for folks leading congregations? Well, one thing is to is to find information, and you have that information there. But many of our religious leaders uh, put off this type of religious leadership around fundraising uh, as something that's not a part of their their work. And so we're actually launching a new study uh, funded by the Lilly Endowment uh, around the national uh, national study of congregations' economic practices. Mm. So one thing we don't know a lot about 
are those congregational um, giving patterns because unlike a lot of other nonprofits, uh, congregations are not reporting on any 990 forms. So the institutions themselves were left to, to, to guess and to do um, sort of case study type research. So I would advise leaders to actually get in to understand their donors and their um, um, why they do what they do, mm -hmm. uh, and to really think about talking uh, about fundraising. It, this does not need to be a taboo topic, but it's something that people are, are interested in talking about, and oftentimes uh, we shouldn't shy away from it. You know, some of the participants at the fundraising school come to us, and they're early in their career, and they're hesitant to ask people for a gift, and we teach through that and encourage them that that's not necessary. Do you even see that amongst ministers? Uh, even if their holy book teaches the importance of giving, that they can be reluctant to encourage their congregation to do so? Oh, yeah, and a lot of reluctance, and they think maybe that's not part of our job, you know. Um, and so we talk a lot about, in many ways, framed through our courses, uh, how this part of this fundraising, in essence, is a part of their ministry. It's part of their leadership, um, and in helping not simply ask for a gift, which I think is you know extremely important, but also in helping nurture generosity in those that have been entrusted to their care. So this is not simply raising funds for their organization, uh, which is important, but it. Also, it's actually caring for them in their practices of giving and generosity. You can hear the expertise of my colleague, Dr. David King of the Lake Institute on Faith and Giving. And again, the Lake Institute has coursework that you can attend and it's offered across the country on a regular basis. And we would really encourage you to tap into that. We also, of course, talk about the connection of religion and charitable giving in our courses at the Fundraising School. And both of our institutes are on the web at philanthropy.iupui.edu. Uh, and also for the Fundraising school check out our app you can follow us on social media follow the lake institute on social media as well uh, and of course you can uh, tap into our quarterly webinars to stay up to date with the latest in fundraising i'm bill stanjakovich and you are up to date now on this first day from the fundraising school mm -hmm.